This is Dr. Edith Ubuntu Chan. Welcome to The Dr. E Show, a show exploring the frontiers of our human possibilities in areas like health and wellness, science and spirituality, quantum biology, and conscious living, so that together we can awaken the best of ourselves and create our most joyful and fulfilling lives. My guest today is Mas Sajadi, one of the most fascinating, inspiring, and extraordinary human beings I've ever met. After his second near-death experience, Mas awakened unusual abilities to see into our underlying spiritual blueprint, frequencies, and patterns that determine our experience of life. Through these abilities and insights, he's able to bring into our world a much deeper understanding of the spiritual mechanics that drive our habits, patterns, and frankly, the results that we get in life. Today, Moss helps thousands of students and clients each and every week transform their health, their career, their relationships, their finance, and so much more. Even though this work he does is very unusual and hard to put into words, the transformational results that his clients experience speak for themselves, which is why his community has literally doubled every six to nine months just through word of mouth without any advertising since he began sharing these gifts with the world. His podcast, Exponential Intelligence, has now been downloaded over two million times, and his students all around the world are not only healing themselves of old blockages and limitations, but many of them are awakening extraordinary abilities, creating massive ripple effects and awakenings in communities around the world. Beyond his work as a transformational catalyst, Moss is a loving father to six beautiful children. He loves to fix his house, travel, drive fast cars, motorcycles, and just enjoy life. So please help me in welcoming my friend and mentor, Mas Sajadi. Welcome, Mas. Thank you so much, Edith. How are you doing? Great. Thank you so much for making time to chat with my community. Let's get right into it because a lot of us are new to your work. Can you tell us how you awaken these special abilities that you have? So, you know, uh, and I'll just call you Ubuntu because I'm just familiar. Yes. Yeah. So what, what what happened is back in the early days, and a lot of people have near-death experiences, and I just want to stress that uh, the reason why I was gifted with these special abilities is because uh, I was honed or groomed to have these near-death abilities, which will help me rise to higher and higher levels. Okay? So the first near-death uh, um, was in my early 20s. Uh, I had my jaws crushed in a warehouse accident. It was a college job. Um, and at that level, it allowed me to open and expand uh, who or, and understand who we truly are. Because uh, most of us think that, you know, we're students, uh, we're a doctor, we're this and that. But in reality, you know, we're much higher, we're much grander, we're much broader. So that first near-death uh, allowed me to understand the 99% of who we are. Um, <clears throat> almost all of us uh, Ubuntu work at a 1% level. So we identify with the 1%, which is human or physical form. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Mm-hmm. The 99% we call about spirit space, uh, you know, our spiritual, our higher self. Uh, that's the 99% that, you know, we should be operating on. So the first near-death allowed me to understand the 1%, the limited perspective of who mm-hmm. we are, and then mm-hmm. the 99%, which, you know, if you have a near-death properly, uh, 
puts you into that space and you start to see and start to understand life. So that was the first near-death experience. The second near-death was a drowning. Uh, and <clears throat> I transcended through the tunnel of light. Now, you've heard people who've mm -hmm. had near-death, you know, right? They go through a tunnel of light. They, the introductory level is where they meet their loved ones that have crossed over. They help them into that tunnel. Or, you know, it, it, think of it as different levels. So uh, in the first near-death, uh, I went into the level where you review your life. Uh, in this second near-death, I transcended the tunnel of light and graduated beyond. Now, hardly anybody comes back into physical form to talk about what happens past that tunnel of light. Uh, I happen to be one of those very few that has gone over and then come back. Um, so at that level, graduated level, um, you have access to everything that there is. You don't need any security. You don't need any love. You don't need anything like that because you are everything that you are at that level. You can be anything that you need to. Um, and then uh, uh, um, the amount of love that you feel at that level uh, is, is that unconditional love. And it's about a million times, say, grander or stronger than anything that you could feel, feel here. So it's quite, quite amazing. Um, so I've managed to pull that level uh, or operate at that level in this state, in this 1% body. So basically, I operate from that 99% having that 1% experience. So spirit being having a human experience. So uh, again, through the two near-death experiences, flipping it around, where most individuals see their life from, say, a physical level, right? a human trying to have a spiritual experience, right? mm -hmm. be that grander person that we are. Yeah, what I do now is flip that around for people where they start to identify who they truly are, spirit level, and then their physical life say, transforms immensely, whatever it might be, you know, better health, uh, finances, better relationships, anything that we call life uh, gets uh, upgraded. Hmm. Tell us a little bit about this detox that happens when we make that flip, because it's, you know, I've been so blessed working with you for about three years now. I've had not much detox. Right. Why is it that somebody get, some people have a lot of detox? It's very uncomfortable transition for some people. Uh, yes, because the transitions that they go through is really fast. Right? Now, a lot of times, like say, and I'm not knocking down psychologists or psychoanalysis or anything like that. Let's say it might take like 20 years. Right now, I've had a lot of clients who've gone to psychologists, therapy and all that. They take 20 years. And that's a hell of a long time uh, to be in therapy to run a better life. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, after one or two or three sessions, uh, they actually feel much better than those 20 years of you know, psychological treatment. Um, so what happens is that, is that con condensation, it, it compresses all the processes that you go through within a very short amount of time. So that's pretty intense in itself, and that's why people go through detox. Um, uh, and furthermore, if you are of a, say, healthier spiritual frequency um so what do i mean by that um so let, let me just give you a straight out example say say think of me as a doctor as a surgeon okay i scan your frequencies and i go oh you know what you have a tumor that's causing abuse abuse in your in your life does that make sense uh -huh. okay. so what i do is i go in there and delete that uh pattern of abuse or that tumor of abuse for you. So the surgery was successful, but depending on how healthy you are going into the surgery dictates on 
exactly how fast you transform. Now, you're more of a spiritually healthy person, so you tend to say recover faster and just reap the benefits. Now, if somebody has you know, been distorted, been abused, uh, has a lot of control systems, a lot of fear systems, right? Uh, or in the physical example, they've never exercised, they eat the wrong foods, uh, you know, they've never, say, pushed their body, right? It's going to take a lot longer for them to well, uh, recover. So it's the same thing. That's why detox happens to people. So you said a tumor. Does it really look like that? Do you see frequency patterns, geometries that look tumor-like when you see these distortions? Uh, what does it look like? Really, but it's, a, it's like a group of patterns that I see in people. Now, if you actually do have a tumor, I can scan you. And, and again, I'm not saying I'm a doctor. I, I'm not, I don't cure you. I don't uh, diagnose you or anything. But yes, I can see a pattern of, say, a tumor in you. So how is it, this is, I'm sure everybody asks this, so it's one thing a lot of people have intuitive abilities to see things, but you have the ability to surgically edit things, and that's very unusual. Can you, how, how do you do that, and, and why is it that you can do it and it's others can't? Okay. Uh, well, you're getting to that space yourself. Thanks. Uh, so uh, from what I see, so one thing that I want to clarify that I'm not, intuitive in the normal sense it's just a span of knowing just like you you know you were intuitive but now there's a, more of a different say sense of knowing does that make yes. sense yeah but that's where we are so this this bypasses this bypasses um this bypasses you know your your emotional state it bypasses uh so um, what am i trying to say so it bypasses all the emotional values of how say people sense things. So I'm not clairvoyant, clairaudio, clairsense, whatever they call that, whatever they call it. Clairsentient, clair, um, yeah, all the other ones. Feeling, knowing, uh, I'm none of those. Okay. Uh, but, but I do know things because uh, it's the same, let's see how I say it. Um, it's like when I read you, I, I can plug into your hard drive, your memory banks, your spiritual memory bank, and see things exactly as you see them. Does that make sense? So it's different than, say, you know, having something get downloaded or channeling or anything like that. Uh, it's very accurate. And sometimes people think I'm non-emotional because that space is non-emotional. So it bypasses all the emotions. Hmm. So with that understanding... Uh, I see those patterns that actually create you, not the emotions of it. So if you can see that, uh, I can actually go in and then say delete or remove those patterns that are distorting you. Not exactly sure how that works, but it's literally like reprogramming somebody. Mm. I didn't say in the introduction that you were a computer programmer before. Yes. So do you feel that was part of your grooming process to really see the programs and debug code and understand how to do that? It really was, you know, in, in, in college, I almost failed computer program, which is really ironic because I ended up being a, a very successful computer programmer. I ran my own business for about 15, 20 years before I had that second near death. So now I, I recode or reprogram people instead of, instead of computers at a very high level, say, 3D language. How did your personal life transform after the second near death experience? Did you go through heavy detox yourself? 
Uh, I actually did. Uh, I went about three or four years of heavy detox. And it's not because I wasn't like spiritually healthy or abused or anything like that. But to the levels that I've gotten to, to <laughs> show people, you really have to go through some intense, say, training. And it was more of training rather than letting go of old patterns for me. Um, you know, if you look at it, uh, and many people do this, and, you know, you've gone through that process of change, right? Yeah. The dark nights of the soul. I mean, Jesus went through it. Buddha went through it. Uh, Muhammad went through it. All, you know, some of the other great individuals that I scanned, they all went through it. And, and what that is, is really pulling away from the identity of being human and then seeing yourself from a spirit being having a human experience. And that when, when you can do that, when you transfer over like that, th that's where you start getting abilities on helping people heal themselves. Because you burn so bright, you force other people to go, oh, I'm at that level too. At some, you know, at some memory bank, they're going, oh, wow, I'm just like them. And that forces them to say, clean up. Does that happen through like frequency resonance? They just spend time with you and they naturally just spontaneously ignite to a brighter level? Yes. So there's two ways. So, and this happens to my kids or people that just hang around me or people that, you know, help us like on expos, you know, people who, uh, what are they called? Uh, they just offer their time. God, sorry. Volunteers. Volunteers, thanks. Yeah. So the volunteers, they just come through and then they go through heavy detox because they just hang around me and necessarily don't work on them. So, so that's the where you have a tuning for, right? Uh, I resonate at such a high frequency. I force your resonance to come to a higher frequency. Because uh, does that make sense? Yeah. And then as they do, they start to understand who they truly are, and that's where they start to see that all those things that they think they are is not them at all, and they can remove themselves. And again, including like stage four cancers and you know all the hereditary issues. Uh, hmm. But I notice that you also work on people through your clients. How does that work that you can work on like friends and family members of your clients? You've assisted me in leveling up my family members, my business staff and so on, and just not even working directly with them sometimes. Right. So, well, before I get to that question, so, so there's one way of just pushing people into that space. And then also I can say directly focus uh, my attention. Say there's something specific wrong with you. That makes sense. I can help you edit yourself much, eat much faster. And that's where, you know, if you have a heart issue or if you have problems making money, you know, there's a certain program that I can say instill in you that'll help you ship faster. Okay. So how do I do that? or how do I work on people through people uh, is that the same way I can work on you. Again, I'm just working on you as we speak and working on your audience. Your audience will probably feel that even if it's a recording, uh, they'll feel the frequencies because it's just the space of being really. Um, so what was the question? <laughs> how do you work on people through other people like indirectly? <clears throat> right. So your think of it as a neural network of computers. Right. You know that individual. So I can log into you. Mm -hmm. And then when you talk about somebody, I can access like through your network. Uh, I jump on over to their their programming. And, and since I work at a level of no space time, uh, they're right in front of me. I can pull mm -hmm. their essence like right here. 
The records that you talk about pulling, is that the same as what in the spiritual circles we hear about Akashic records or is it different? Uh, the Akashic records, so the Akashic records are really from what I'm seeing, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but just tapping into the Akashic records. So those are actual, say, physical history of time for an individual. Does that make sense? Yes. So I go deeper than that. And there's, again, the Akashic records are accurate, but I go deeper into that and understand why the physical history of that individual happened. Oh, okay. You're going into the metadata or something, the source code beneath it. Yes. So, so again, it's just like, you know, if you did a biography or an autobiography, somebody wrote your life history, right? That would be an Akashic record. Yes. But it doesn't go in and go, why this happened? Right? Why did they do, why did they live the life that they did? So I go into the underlying programs of why their life was created the way it was and then help delete it or, say, edit that. Wow. Why, why hasn't somebody like you come along before? Is there like a timing of humanity's transition that this is the right time to receive your kind of gift on the planet? I think so. You know, there has been people, I mean, there's Jesus at a much higher level than, uh, but even Jesus said that there's going to be people that are going to be far grander, far, you know, they do far greater things than him, right? So maybe this is the, say, we're the pioneers that is bringing people uh, to that level, right? I don't see it as one person, um, although I would be that harbinger to, say, uh, usher in a new paradigm. Um, so I can see that happening and then there'd be tons of people and that's why you know your awakening and all the people uh, a lot of the people that I work on right they start to awaken and then we're all at that level and that's what uh, I think Jesus and Buddha and all those individuals were actually talking about by the way I might reference Jesus and Buddha I'm not religious in any way but they all they were great fantastic individuals that ascended right and they had fantastic abilities so yeah, but I I sense that um, I'm also not a religious person, but I sense that Jesus was limited by the language of his day. Like it was hard to teach because, but now you can use computer analogy, quantum physics analogies, and we have, you know, a different understanding of technology to describe all this stuff. Right. At most, you know, at, at Jesus's time, there was only like a few thousand words, if that. And can you imagine we have a hard time with going to trying to say define what we're seeing and what I see and what I see in people and how I shift people. So imagine at his level. And that's why he always did the analogies. Or the, the parables, yeah. The sad thing about that is that, and I'm not saying those people were stupid or anything like that, but they were, you know, they were, they didn't know how to read, but there was no reading back at the time, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so how do you relay what we see, all those quantum theories that quantum physics can't even, even explain? in you know at his time frame so he used parables unfortunately those parables people got stuck on the actual story of the parables yeah concept what he was trying to teach yeah so people started taking it literally instead of figuratively yeah yeah i've heard you say that what you do for people we can all do for ourselves but you just help us accelerate into it faster Yes. Uh, so what's the dance between us relying on your help mm-hmm. versus being self-empowered in our own awakening journey? Can you talk about that? Sure. So I'm more of a coach type. 
uh, individual, and, and I'm, I'm not a success coach or anything like that, but basically what I do, and even to say if I edit you and change the way you see illness in yourself or family members, right? I can edit that program. But the way I do it allows you to go through the process yourself Right? And that's what, again, that's where detox comes in. There's many reasons for detox. One of the reasons for detox is it allows you to see the difference of what programs, right? What frequencies you're running before and then what frequencies you're running now. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So if I did it completely for you, you would have no detox. You would just literally shift. And then you would always rely on me. Right? So the key point on what I do using what I've coined exponential intelligence is that I allow you to go through the process of change yourself. And then that strengthens you. And then you start to understand it. It's like, let me show you how to edit your patterns. Uh, and I don't do it at a conscious level, but at a spirit level, there's a knowing. And then, then as you say, shift and transform, you go, Oh, so that's how it's done. Does that make sense? Hmm. What is exponential intelligence in uh, five sentences or less? So exponential intelligence is a body of knowledge, uh, a body of timeless knowledge that I use. Okay? So it's not just knowledge, it's an actual frequency uh, that I use to uh, transform individuals uh, and myself. Uh, and it's been, I didn't create it. It's been there since the dawn of time. It's, it's, if you think of it briefly, it's a handbook on how humans uh, operate. Beyond culture, beyond time and like... It's actually the handbook on how humans have been created in material or physical form. Okay. What about, does it apply to ET beings or uh, just humans? It, it does apply to ET beings, but obviously there's segments or chapters that aren't of human. Mm -hmm. uh, although at spirit level, ETs and you know anything else out there, uh, if they are of a, if they have a spirit value, you know, a spirit in them, yes, they would run the same, but they're just having an experience of uh, being extraterrestrial, right? Not human form. So there would be a chapter, I guess, in this. In this human, in the spirit handbook, on if you're an ET or if you're human. So I've heard you say that after your near-death experience, you were awakened at 3 a.m. to meditate, and you would meditate for hours and receive training. Right. Uh, Does that still happen to you? Um, not as often, but I get downloads. Like uh, I was in New York maybe a month or so ago, uh, and I don't know if you heard or maybe. Yeah. Yes. So I get more downloads like that where it's just like an impact for me. It's not a, a training. It's just more like uh, another filter of, of our human identity gets removed. And then uh, my abilities, again, magnify. Yeah. Uh, and, and as of late, it just seems like they magnify more and more uh, exponentially, actually. So, um, but yeah, the, the 3M meditations uh, back in the day when I was first starting out, uh, very close after my near-death experience, actually like uh, about two years after my near-death experience, uh, after I cleared out and understood and could actually hold on to that knowledge, uh, I would wake up at three and um, you know, I, would just, I would do a stand-up meditation like I show people. And about four hours later, I'd come out of it thinking I was only you know, under for about five, ten minutes. Mm -hmm. but it's actually it's like wow you know the sun was up and everything it's like wow that was four or five hours later it's like 
how did that happen? So it's like I was transported somewhere else, you know, downloaded with a ton of knowledge and then brought back. Hmm. You know, before working with you, I've explored for many years spirituality and different healing modalities. And what I really appreciate about you is that you bring this really extremely next level knowledge, Mm -hmm. but you're also super practical and grounded. Um, In the spiritual world, I see a lot of people that are really far out there and, um, and not very embodied and maybe not necessarily very practical in their day-to-day life. And then in the personal growth world, I see people all about, you know, productivity and high performance and, and, you know, how to win friends and influence people and all this stuff, but they're not tapped in spiritually. And, and yeah, I just want to say, I really so appreciate that your ability to navigate all those dimensions and stay grounded and centered despite the extreme things that you do. Well, that's actually the byproduct of being spirit, uh, having a human experience, right? So you should be naturally abundant. You don't have to go seek abundance. Uh, if you are awakened at, you know, at the level that I am, you're getting into, you, you'll see abundance just naturally show up for you. Obviously, we still have to do work you know, have to go to work or do whatever, but it, it's a natural state of being, right? So those individuals who are spiritual, they're actually like uh, looking from from a human perspective, and they see, say, the brilliance of spirituality, right? mm-hmm. they see their higher self, but they can't reach it. And that's why they're always reaching outside of themselves. Uh, so, so that's why they seem spacey and not involved with the human form or the physical form, right? And then the people who are, say, physically based, they're reaching out for abundance, right? More money, more success, more whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're in the same process. They're in the same boat, maybe a different side of the coin, mm-hmm. uh, as the spiritual people. They're not connected to identify who they truly are because they would be one. Everything would be complete, the spirit side and then the physical side. Um, and just one, one question I have to ask of those spirit people or religious people, you know, why would a higher, say, being a God I call pure source, create such immaculate uh, and complex beings as a human body, as human form, if it's not necessary? Right? Most of those spirit beings or religious beings, it's like, well, this life is a test. It's a waste, whatever, whatever. You're more, you know, it's more important, you know, to be spirit level bound, right? So that's totally wrong. Again, why would somebody invest so much time, right, to creating complex beings and understandings of who we are and go disregard it? So what EI does is actually pulls your spirit into you. And that's what we're actually looking for, the identity of being in human form. And then you take this human form to a higher level. And that's a huge difference. You don't leave it behind. Just like the wealthy, right, the physically dominant people that want to be successful here, they leave their identity behind. They, they go after wealth. Same thing with spiritual individuals. They leave their identity behind going somewhere else. Neither place will get you far. But those personal growth practices still is helpful to kind of seal the deal because on a physical level, we still need to put our skin in the game a little bit to, to have that physical experience. Right. And so is religion and so is some of the spiritual knowledge that people practice. And, you know, like, uh, you know, you're quoting uh, um, how to win and influence friends. Right? <laughs> yeah. Fantastic book by Napoleon Hill. So those, those logistics, they're at the, say, surface level of what we do here in human form, 
right? Uh, but we don't do, and this is what I do, is uh, create that foundational framework so the physical things that we do, right, like practice, say, a certain religion or, you know, practice success theories and, uh, you know, principles, um, uh, without the bottom half, we can never be complete. We can, we, and we always have to say, recreate that physicalness. That's why people who make, you know, millions of dollars, they're never satisfied. They need more and more and more because the bottom layer, the foundational layer is always corrupt. It's always going you know, it's all, you always have to rebuild yourself. So what I say is like, create your foundation uh, and then the money you make, uh, whether it's a million a month or whatever it might be, actually say maintains you and keeps you complete. The spiritual practice that you take uh, keeps you complete as well. This segues into another question I've asked you before, but I'd love to hear more about it, which is like, what is that, that, that dance between just surrendering into that state versus the discipline? of cultivating practices to, to experience that state. Can you talk about that? Discipline, people like meditate, right? Um, but then it turns into be something rote or people pray, you know, like in certain religion, they pray five times a day. It turns into a rote practice, right? So they don't identify where they are. They lose their, their identity or they lose their framework of, 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 of mind, right? Cause there's, they're in this practice, uh, mm -hmm almost a hypnotic where they again exit their body and you know they do the practice and it doesn't benefit them as much so surrender to me is very very different is that you surrender of all the outcomes and expectations and then you connect with your body and you understand your body complete huh. the discipline is not about practicing anything uh, but if you are practicing, you would understand or discipline yourself to always come back in your body and understand, say, what your hands are doing while you meditate, what your you know, arms are doing or your head is doing while you pray or whatever that you do. Does that make sense? That's the discipline. How is that different from what we've learned across millennia about being present or mindfulness? Is it the same thing or is there a different nuance to it that you're bringing forth? Very different nuance. So being mindfulness, because that's a key word nowadays, right? Mm -hmm. Most sought after search words in Google, right? Mindfulness. But most people don't understand what mindfulness is. Uh, being mindful of what you're doing for example, is what people do is that they still run through the filters of their mind or they still run through the process of identifying who they are. So they're actually uh, cementing in the identity of who they are. They're not really understanding why they are the way they are. They're just seeing who they are. Does that make sense? Wow. So it's just roads practicing the old pattern. Maybe exactly. even making it worse. Making even worse. Yes, exactly. Because when people are mindfulness, they're not in their bodies. They're mindful of what they're thinking about. Does that make sense to you? Uh, which actually, say, disconnects you from the present time, from the present moment. When people are mindfulness, they're in this state of well, a thought process. You can see people who are mindful. They're not connected here. Uh, they're not connected in a physical form. You know, they're, they're may, they may be clear in their mind, but their mind is a filter of who they think they are, right? So my practice, and this is why I say, you know, notice what you notice, and then notice the details of what you notice, is that you start to notice your physical body, like the way your hands hold your phone as you text, 
right? That's really being mindfulness. When you're completely aware of your body, 100% while you're involved in this environment, whether you're washing your hands, you know, taking a shower, uh, driving, talking to people. If you're mindful of what your body's doing, you'd be amazed at how you see yourself and then all the crap that is not you that you can just start deleting. So that's the, that's the huge difference. Yeah. So that's another way of looking at how we should use our bodies on the journey of awakening is that it's the most important tool we have actually. Right. It's the most important tool because it's present right here. It is right here, right now. It blocks you into the present moment. And most ways of mindfulness, again, it doesn't lock you into the present moment. It locks you into your mindset. Wow. Uh, for your audience, you should try it. One, notice your mindfulness, and then two, notice, say, your hands or, or the way you walk or you know, your back as you're walking or whatever it is. You'll see the difference. I've heard you talk about how getting rid of all these, you call them filters or distortions? Yeah. Shedding all of that gets us to ground zero. Yes. And we don't really even know what kind of life we could create as a humanity if we were at that level, because most of us are so far away from that. Exactly. And then you've shared that you're doing some work to help the next generation awaken into this project superhuman state. Can you kind of talk about the different levels that are possible for us? Right. So ground zero so, uh, and I'll just use my hand. I wish I had a little chart to, to draw this out. But so we're at a zero level. So that would be 100% human. Does that make sense? Uh, us, our spirits, understanding what, say, a human would involve. All the characteristics of a complete human. Does that make sense? So that would be down zero at a zero point. Okay. So uh, right now, according to scientists, uh, and I believe this too, we're using about you know, 10 or 12% of our human capacity or our brain capacity, right? You've heard that before, right? Yeah. So now we're at zero. So now we're down, say, 90% of where we are. Does that make sense? We're down here. Yeah. Right? We're only evolved, say, 10 or 12% of, say, the, the, the grandness that we are. So what I try to do is awaken people to get closer and closer, like maybe 50, 60, 70% would be, you know, like Jesus level or somebody, right? That's awakened, right? That's just natural human abilities that we all have. Uh, Jesus and all those individuals weren't anybody special. They were just more human than any of us here. And that's what he was always professing, by the way. Any, any of those great individuals, they always go, well, this is just natural. This is just being human. Right. Uh, so we're here, right, at say 14%, at 100% is, or ground zero is where we're complete human. So at this level, even, we would never have any shortage of anything because we would, we would be self-fulfilling uh, entities of our own. There would be no shortage, there would be no lack, thus there would be no abuse, no, no distorting laws. Uh, you wouldn't be abusing the planet or anybody else, right, to create your own prosperity. It never happens on the spirit side, an awakened spirit. It, it wouldn't happen here, right? Uh, by the way, it's a reflection of where we are at spiritual awakening. Whatever is happening here on physical form is a reflection of, you know, the blueprint that we're running at spirit level. Mm -hmm. So we're 
actually awakened at only 14%. So human status is at 0%. And then superhuman is that pushing beyond the envelope and starting to operate that gap between spirit uh, and human. So going more into a timeless being. Uh, and that would be where, you know, you don't have to say exchange your bodies or die the way we normally die. There wouldn't be no decay. We would basically, for example, in this scenario, you would, you would um, say tone down or lessen your frequencies to become in human form, physical form. And if you wanted to say leave, you would just resonate in a higher frequency and then transcend higher. There would be no like residue. Does that make sense? So, so you could it, dematerialize your physical form and rematerialize it just by shifting frequencies. Yes. That would be the same. That superhuman process where, where you're identifying yourself as spirit and then physical being at the same time and knowing the difference and controlling both. Right now, we have to get dumbed down to create this much density and this much experience in physical form. Does that make sense? So um, it's hard for our listeners to not be kind of depressed hearing that, hearing that we are so minute in our, in our ability to tap into our human possibilities. Why did we get so dumbed down to begin with? Uh, well, we had to get dumbed down. Uh, remember, we started at zero. Uh, we had to get dumbed down, just like any great invention, right? Uh, it's really bulky in the beginning. That makes sense, right? Uh, like the smartphone. Remember the smartphone? Yeah. Like this big that came in a suitcase. <laughs> under a suitcase. Remember that? And now what? They're little handheld things, right? So the same thing is, say, creating a human experience here. Um, we have to, we're, and, it, and it's not like we're dark uh, or anything like that, but we had to create all the possibilities of how this thing, having a human experience works. So what we've done is we've evolved up to a 14% identity and removed all the things that haven't worked. So we're, we're actually... Uh, more brilliant than ever in human form, but nothing compared to spirit body. So we should actually be excited about it because this new layer that's coming out, and it's going to be a huge jump. We might even jump from 14 to like, say, 20%. So it's a great time to be alive. So we should actually be excited, not depressed. How quickly is that transformation going to happen from 14 to 20? Uh, I think it really starts to magnify as more and more people awaken. Well, just like you, just like my abilities, you know, as you say, waves come through the universal waves, you know, to clarify everything, right. Um, make things more efficient, just like, you know, the smartphones, right. They're much more efficient. Now. Our human identity is going to be more efficient. Uh, and everything gets magnified as time goes by uh, like you. So the next time you get upgraded, you'll see a, a huge jump on your abilities of where they were yeah. to where they will be. And you've noticed that now. Have you noticed that every jump, every level that you go, it gets bigger and bigger for you? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I've heard people that are fans of artificial intelligence <laughs> repeatedly talk about the fact that humans' consciousness is flatline and technology's acceleration is doubling every year. And so... Do you disagree with that? Do you feel that human consciousness has the ability to be exponentially growing also? Uh, I, I, yeah, I disagree with that pattern. Although human, uh, the more or the further they separate their identity from time, 
right? By not being present, by getting stuck in technology or anything else. Yes, they start to flatline. Um, but there's a ton of people, and this is that new sh- that this is that shift that's coming. That people are are awakening to the who they are. So they actually say those individuals will grow exponentially, just like AI does. So do you recommend that we don't rely too much on technology? Because uh, it's dumbing us down. What's your advice on that? Yeah, I recommend that you don't get stuck into technology. Like people, you know, they live for Facebook and social media. They don't. They wouldn't know what to do, right? They check their. They're out of time, right? They lose their whole identity on what's going on. You know, they they wake up in the morning. They have to check their social media. They go to sleep. They have to, you know, and everything in between. They've got lost total identity. So you know, come step back and know and understand yourself first. Uh, and then you can use you know, any technology to boost yourself. The, the problem is not technology. The problem is that we don't know who we are at a deeper level. So whatever tool we use uh, becomes disruptive for us. It's not the technology. That's like saying, you know, religion is going to say help you ascend higher. It's not going to help you. It's not going to destroy you either. Here in Silicon Valley Bay Area, a lot of people are using ayahuasca to tap into the state that you are talking about. That's the intention anyway. What advice do you have? What's the pros and cons of doing that versus working with you or versus just just tapping into this question of how can I connect to peer source even stronger? Notice what you notice, these practices that you recommend. What advice do you have? Yeah, so ayahuasca or any mind-altering drug, um, you know, if you are looking to, if you're searching to find yourself, right, uh, those drugs, uh, is very, they're very powerful tools to help you ascend to the higher realm. But if you're lost, uh, most likely you'll create a lost identity of who you are. So most likely those individuals who are lost, you won't find yourself. You'll get into realities that are way beyond say, your level of expertise, and you'll get, say, spiraling out of, say, time, and then you'll want to use more ayahuasca. Uh, so it doesn't really help you. Uh, if you are of a strong individual, right, or if you are working with somebody that knows what's going on, and again, most individuals, uh, shamans and those, those individuals, they don't know what's going on. So say that you, you did ayahuasca with me. And again, I don't do drugs or anything like that. But if you, you would have a grand time, you would have a great trip, I can send you to those higher levels at a safe level and then pull you back down. It's, it, it would be like having a, a safe near-death experience. That makes sense? Uh, so basically, if you're using any mind-altering drugs, if you're lost, it'll magnify you being lost. And, and, uh, and if you're strong, it'll help you, say, ascend higher. Uh, the important thing is if you keep using it as a crutch, even those individuals who benefit from it over time because you're, you're removing your power and connecting to that drug, uh, what will happen is that that'll destroy you. There's a ton of great minds, right, that, that brought in a lot of uh, uh, great inventions, great ideas, and then the next thing you know, they they kill themselves, right? Or um, they destroy themselves somewhat. That's what happens. So. so I wonder if you have some simple ground rules that we can use to discern which teachers 
or healers we should work with? How can we tell we're working with someone that is um, at a high level and pure and connected to pure source in the work that they, they do? And maybe that's in healing, shamans, but even the accountant you hire and the you know business manager for your business. Like, how? What are some ground rules we should be looking for to tap into that, that pure source state and across all aspects of life? Well, look at their life. And I'm not saying, you know, the, the wealthier they are, the happier they are, not like that. But look at their, well, when you meet them, you know, do they, do they look truly happy? Are they healthy, right? Uh, a lot of these healers, so-called healers, they're, the, they're running the wounded healer scenario. So they're sickly themselves. They're not abundant themselves. And they're trying to teach you how to be healthy and then abundant. If it hasn't worked for them, you know, it's not going to work for you. Right? The same thing with religion. Look at religion. If you're not getting the same results as the creators of those religion, uh, then obviously they're doing something wrong. I don't care if they've been doing it for thousands of years. I don't care you know, if they've had a master degree and you know, reading the Bible or whatever you know, they, they go through. Right? If it's not working for them, it's if, if they're not getting, say, a, you know, a, like 10% of those great leaders, then obviously it's wrong. It's way off the mark. Uh, there's a lot of good points in religion, but not like the way the creators. So always see how that individual's life is going um, before you commit to them. It's like going to a financial analyst that just got out of college. They're studying financial analysts, right? Uh, and you're their first client. Right? They, they know nothing about money. Hmm. So be aware. You would never go to somebody that just got out of med school for brain surgery, would you? <laughs> well, if they were really talented and they had a few cases of good success, I would definitely look at the results and not discriminate against their age, but look at their results, I would say. Right. I, I wasn't discriminating about their age, but you even said a few yeah. cases. Yes. Yeah. So they would have to learn and they would have to provide success. So like if you go to a shaman or any, they would have to be say healthy, abundant, vibrant, right? You can tell the difference. Yeah. Right? If they're sickly, obviously, you know, they're running from some pattern. That's and I've heard you say, see if they are exhausted by their work. Yes, yes. So with that is that uh, if, they're, if they're using their frequencies, most likely they'll do like one or two or three clients, maybe at most, and then they'll get exhausted because what they're doing is they're, they're trying to heal. And, and, and I'm not saying they're, gonna, they're getting bad results or anything, um, uh, but if they're healing from their frequencies, yes, you might get say, good results, right? You might heal from something, but then some other aspect of your life gets started. Even Jesus said that, you know, be careful who heals you. Anybody can heal, but be careful how they heal you, right? Always make sure that it's, you know, coming from God in his word. So uh, again, that's a non-religious Jesus. It's just the man, not the religion. So, so, so yeah. So look at who is a offering you their services, and look at their life. Hmm. A lot of people get clouded by that. They see some success or they go, this guy helped my sister or so-and-so heal from something. They must be good. Uh, you know, the dark side uh, does that just to lure you. Happens all the time. But you can always tell if that person doesn't look vibrant and they look exhausted after a session. Yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah there's lots of other ways to tell. 
uh, you have that internal, you know, most people who get sucked into that guru mentality. Yes. I work on them to release that. Uh, and they go, you know, the first time I saw this, my teacher, my guru, uh, I knew that they were wrong for me. So follow that intuition. But we get sucked in anyway because we're running patterns. Yes, we get It's like sucked. people get sucked into codependent relationships. It's a pattern that's, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So what you're getting sucked to rather than listening to your emotions. And then you'll recalibrate your emotions. Your kids get all this stuff that you talk about? Is it coming naturally to them? It comes naturally to them, yeah. First, the bloodline, right? Uh, the DNA structure. Uh, and then also just hanging out with me. Yeah, they're very different. I don't, have you met my kids? Or? I've met a couple of them. Yeah, so yeah. beautiful, so yeah. bright. Yeah. The vibrance that they have, the brightness that they have. Yep. It, it's amazing to me. I mean, your results really show you are a loving father of six awesome kids, and you are just mind bogglingly prolific in your output of yeah. stuff your podcast, all the meta healings and all the writings. You're writing a book right now. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's, it's quite amazing. Uh, it's quite amazing uh, that the people that come into my life just naturally show up to help say progress this, this thought process that's coming out into the world. What's a typical day? Like how much you sleep, how much you eat, how many hours are you working versus parenting versus building your house with your own hands? I mean, how do you get it all done? What does 24 hours even look like for you? Uh, well, well, last night I woke up at 1.30 in the morning because <laughs> I did an interview for Australia. So it was like, I was up from 1.30 to like four doing this. Uh, good thing it wasn't a video interview because uh, I was in my jammies, but it was, you know, it was uh, on the telephone. So, you know, usually around nine, you know, I start working on people uh, till about one or two or so. Uh, so between the group healings, uh, the one-on-one -on -one calls, um, uh, the 21 days, I might work on, you know, a couple hundred people a day. Um, and then I work on the house. I get my kids involved. I go pick up my kids, you know, I get dinner ready and all that. Um, uh, and then, well, and then I do evening sessions for those individuals who are on a different time. Uh, it goes by fast. How many hours do you sleep in a day? Uh, it depends. <laughs> I do take naps, but maybe about six, seven hours a day. But that's all I need, really. Naps are actually more beneficial what happens when you receive a big upgrade? Doesn't that knock you off a little bit? And then you need to, your schedule is so tight. Yeah. So during those times, you know, I still sleep because like, I got to do the schedule. But like in between, I wouldn't be like working on my house. I'd just like be taking a nap. Mm -hmm. With my kids, they'll be watching a movie as you know, we just cuddle and I doze off. I always inter integrate my kids. Uh, you know, building a house or anything like that, I'm always in it and taking them on tour. Cool. I'd love in a future conversation to talk about your ideas of parenthood because this okay. is like raising a new generation of children from a completely different state of possibilities. What does that look like? Oh, yeah, it's quite amazing. You know, you get self-sufficient kids that run themselves and they actually say help each other and then help you uh, progress forward. You yeah. know, most parenting, they're so, most parents, they're so, you know, they weren't raised properly. 
Yes. Uh, when awakened, so they just push all their garbage onto their kids, and then it's like dragging their kids along. But in reality, they're just dragging their own garbage in somebody else's body, you know, and then yeah. their kids. Yeah. And then they don't enjoy the kids that they're supposed to love, and then they feel guilty. You know, this is just when we get together. Well, if you've ever seen us, I mean, you've seen a few of my kids. You know, we interact so well, and it's just like a, um, it just keeps us going. Right. Uh, and there's no distortion between us. And that's the way a relationship should be between us, you know, husband and wife as well. With my boy who you've done work with also, I just really see he's I see him at a higher level. He's constantly teaching me and bringing me up with him, actually. So parenthood isn't even the word that I would choose. It's like I, he's he's my teacher and my buddy. And I'm kind of a tour guide to make sure he like doesn't get run over by a car and buckles a seatbelt and so on. But that's how I see my responsibility is just to make sure he's fed and healthy. And then he's really my teacher. Right. Exactly. And then, so, so imagine, uh, and again, he's your teacher because, you know, you're letting go uh, of a lot of stuff, you know, cultural stuff, family cultures and all that. Uh, So if I work on kids, they naturally tend to shift much faster because yeah. they just get it. You know, it's like, oh, I get it. And boom, you know, out goes the DNA patterns of, of the family. So that's why he's your teacher. But imagine if society raised kids like that into strong adults, right? They cross over brilliant. And then the next time they come into physical being, it's like, okay, they don't have to deal with all the garbage that we do. So in a few generations, you can transform the, you know, the earth. It's quite amazing. So when will we reach that ground zero state that you were talking about? Uh, in our lifetime? No, not in our lifetime from what I'm saying, mm-hmm. <laughs> but close, you know, even if we could reach, you know, we're at 14% now, right? There's a lot of cool stuff. Obviously there's a lot of dark stuff, but you know, say we get to 20 or 30, 40% even, right? Uh, most, a lot of the dark stuff would be say letting go of us uh, and then we'd be more how many people on the planet right now are already at ground zero level? Oh, none. Zero? Zero. Even now. Where are you in, how, have you, can you, are you objective enough to grade yourself on that scale? Uh, I am, but I can't say. Okay. Because um, then we would be worshiping you like a guru and getting distorted? Maybe, uh, yeah. Um, and then... It, it distorts me as well. So those things are kind of locked for me. But other people do see me. They see me in my future than I do. What checks and balances do you have to not let your ego start to distort you? Because as you tap into these bigger abilities, right. what keeps you pure and in alignment and on your path of, of sharing these gifts without distortion? Sure. So that's a really interesting question. So, so you know, when people when people say ascend higher, right, into the ranks, um, it's not about moving away from the dark and you know going towards the light. It's actually say mastering both sides, right, evenly, right, and staying afloat. So you get to a certain level, and then you bypass being good and bad. You bypass the ego completely. Right? So uh, I can safely say that I bypassed being good and bad. So I necessarily don't, I I have a strong ego, but it comes from identifying who I am at a broader level. It's not about more control, more success, more of those things. 
that makes sense? So, so I've say elevated or graduated to the level where ego doesn't come into play because ego is an insecurity at some level that you want to hold on or control something. Uh, I have no desire to do that because I know it'll stop my growth. Did you have temptations or trainings along your journey of awakening that oh, tested you in that way? Definitely. Like anybody, your abilities come in, right? Yeah. Your abilities come in and it's like, wow, you know, you, you can do a ton of stuff. You know, I can like, I can mind read or control people and all that stuff. It's like, you know, it's like I can, you know, get them to do things. And then, uh, so you have to really say balance yourself and not use that to control anybody. Um, control or distort anybody for your benefit only for their benefit uh, and obviously it's a win-win if you help them you help yourself yeah but yeah so and this is where i have access to pretty much anybody living or dead i have all their records because you know i've been trusted to have access to those levels does that make sense? So as you stay pure on this path, you expand your abilities to access more and more. Right. You so, get distorted, you deviate, and then you stop your access. Is that true? Right. So say you're, you're going, you know, level one, level two, level three, you're level four, and then, you know, you get, say, sucked or bribed into going, hey, there's a faster way of doing it, right? And that faster way is, say, selling your identity or your spirit to a higher being that is corrupt that's giving you their resources right so in the case of this is where people go selling your soul to the devil that's where that you know phrase comes from so so yeah you get tested like that but you know um so that's one point uh, i wanted to make so you have to stay and you'll probably get tested shortly from what i'm seeing as well right there'd be a shortcut for you but you know it's not going to be right for you that's your test from what i'm saying so be mindful of that stay on track okay? uh, and we can talk more about it but this isn't the place i mean it, it's like a whole you know interview in itself on that um but you know so so you you're trusted at a certain level say level four mm -hmm. you didn't corrupt anybody you didn't use your abilities to distort anybody and then access level five happens but say at level five uh you started using your abilities because you got egotistical or something did somebody did something wrong to you right and then uh, you did something you know uh, as far as your knowledge of them to distort them uh, it dropped back down to level four it's just that it's just the laws of straight out physics hmm. right so you have to stay pure and then more and more abilities or opportunities like open up to so a simple reminder to ourselves is to whatever we do, as long as nobody's harmed and everybody wins, that's the paradigm that we want to make sure we stay in. Right. So if your abilities and what you practice, you know, if you're distorting or oppressing anybody to get to your to higher levels, okay, uh, then it's not right. You. And it's not according to, say, society's standards, by the way, of, of harm. That makes sense to you. So, for example, if you, you know, uh, you know, dated somebody else's girlfriend or wife or whatever, and then, you know, uh, it's like, well, that's dishonorable. But not really, because, say, they weren't happy in their marriage or, you know, you're not happy in, you know, your marriage, right? So that honor system. So it's more of that rather than 
what we think what, or what society thinks is right or wrong. Because society's values, you know, they shift over time, right? They shift over culture. Uh, but in the spirit body, uh, it never shifts. It's always been the same. It's always about honoring yourself. Hmm. Wow, I could talk with you for days and days and days about all this stuff. And yeah, I'm so grateful to have you in my life as a mentor and guide because there's so many beautiful things have unfolded in my life. And, and it's such a blessing to, to be able to explore all the possibilities together. There's- yeah, it's great. Uh, so I get to learn a lot from you as you've learned from me. And then that's how that progression keeps getting bigger and bigger. And that's how we will be superhuman. Before I ask you my last question, can you tell everybody how to connect with you, how to follow your work to learn more? Sure. If you're new, uh, I would suggest the podcast, Exponential Intelligence. So if you look at any podcast player, just type in my name, Masajati, or Exponential Intelligence. They're free. gives you a taste of what I see. Uh, and it actually gives you the mechanics or the science behind what I do. Because it's not about frou-frou stuff or healing good or anything like that, uh, you can always go to my website, masajadi.com, M-A-S-S-A-J-A-D-Y.com, uh, and then look me up on social media. I give a lot of great tips, especially on Instagram, uh, daily tips on how to run your life successfully. Awesome. So my last question, this show, the theme of our show is awakening to that next level of human possibilities. And this whole conversation has been beautifully aligned with all of that, of course. If you were to distill down to one tip, one piece of advice for us to open to that next level of human possibilities, what is the one takeaway that you most want us to know? Uh, Yeah, so that one takeaway is not to escape the reality of where you are but really understand where you are. Uh, And that's not like being happy with where you are, but just really understand, say, where you are exactly at this point in time. Uh, It's like a GPS signal. It allows you to understand where you are, and then it's the fastest way of getting out of where you are. So that takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of courage to be that honest with yourself and go, hey, my life sucks, and then not be (laughs) mental about it. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, it sucks. What do I do to get going? Yeah. It's not escaping it. It's not being happy. It's not escaping into your happy place. It's just like, boom, uh, an inventory of where your life is. Hmm? Thank you for that amazing conversation. You guys, I hope you learned a ton from Moss. And please do check out his website and his podcast. I think if you enjoyed this conversation, you're going to be blown away by the treasure trove of awesomeness that is on his website awaiting for you. So thank you guys, everybody, for joining us. I can't wait to see you next time. Bye-bye. Hi, friends. Did you love that interview? If you did, please leave a review and share with all your friends so that many more people can benefit from these game-changing insights. You can also go onto our website, dredithubuntu.com, and subscribe to our newsletter, where you'll receive free trainings and next-level ninja tools that we only share on our newsletter. Together, let's turn your life into a brilliant masterpiece.